chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Jim Sultan, owner of A Bud and Leaf, a legal recreational cannabis dispensary based in Olympia, Washington. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. You know, it almost seems like we've done this before. Jim, you know, it's, uh, I'd like to kind of dive in to some of your, uh, your previous history prior to uh, Bud and Leaf. Now, you were uh, actually the executive director of the New Jersey Commission for Higher Education. Moving forward, you also were the State of Washington Higher Education Coordinating Board, and you now own a, a dispensary. So tell us about the trajectory from higher education to cannabis. Well, it's an unusual path to be sure and was not a predictable one, but based on my experience in higher education, I feel very well acclimated to the new role with the burgeoning cannabis industry. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I bet there's a, a ton of people out there that would love to enjoy it as well. You you and your wife, you, uh, you won a lottery to be able to be in this wonderful position. And, you know, that's one of the, the ways that, you know, obviously it's one, first and foremost, lucky. But second of all, it's, it's one that, you know, a lot of people uh, looked at as, as potentially maybe unfair. Um, I know in Arizona, we had a, a similar instance for our medical facilities. And, you know, so tell us, what's your take on, you know, the, the lottery system and, you know, what potentially next time could be done differently? There's no easy recipe for states to follow in doing this. Every state has its own assets and its own complications. In Washington, we were encumbered because we did not have an established medical marijuana industry, which some other states have and had before they became legalized. It was a disadvantage for us and an advantage for those other states. Since we didn't, we have had to reinvent in the process of implementing cannabis legalization. Not an easy thing, not a pretty picture to watch, but I think things are coming along and will, in the final analysis, work out well. Next door in Oregon, they had a medical marijuana industry that they could build on, so when they legalized last month, they had an easier road to hoe. So also for Colorado. But each of those states had its own encumbrances that we did not. So again, two, three-step recipe for any state to follow with legalization. It's yeah. interesting that you pointed that out. You know, that is the common thread. It's, it's like as if there's that step, the medical and then the recreational. And, and you know, today is, is November 4th. And if you were like myself, you were probably glued to your seat looking at the Ohio results. And, you know, they were a state that didn't have medical previously, and they had uh, recreational on their ballot, their November ballot, to which it failed two to one. Now, that's you know, obviously a, a resounding defeat and one that, you know, as a cannabis activist, you never want to see just because 
you know, those types of losses are heard later on. You know, that's something that candidates will use or, or opponents will use to basically use that as an example. Like, look, Ohio didn't want to pass, so why should we? You know, that's just something that they do over on the West Coast, uh, you know, in Colorado, Rocky Mountain High. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that maybe we should be cognizant that perhaps medical is, is the first step that needs to happen to make the path a little bit easier. Well, when the federal government decided to leave it up to the states, they really opened up the door for states to figure this out as they go, because all the states have their different histories with regard to cannabis legalization. They're going to have their different regimens put in place as they set it up for legalization. Mistakes are going to be made. (laughs) There's no question about it. But also, there are good things that are going to happen and benefits that are going to accrue that people will be surprised about, I think, in the final analysis. Not the least of those, of course, is monetary. So people will be positively surprised to see the revenue streams that are generated in some states. And over time, resist the temptation to consider it as dirty money or any other negative connotation and understand it for the business that it is. When that point happens, there will be a more objective approach and one which will be energizing because of the lack of objectivity during prohibition. The way that things have transpired for oh so many years until now has been so unfair and has been so subjective that even if we do make mistakes setting up a regulatory regime or setting up a legal regimen, we will be better off than we were hurling back verbal bricks at each other and arguing about stuff that really didn't make any difference in the final analysis. You know, that's that's exactly it right there. You know, I mean, ultimately, there there is little to be said about cannabis as, as being a negative. The only negative, obviously, is it's being 70 years under prohibition and the fact that we have to find these interesting steps that we must take, you know, having to have a, a medical infrastructure first to get a, a recreational structure, the fact that we've been ostracized and penalized for, you know, 70 years for simple consumption and possession. Those things alone, you know, kind of point out just how difficult the landscape is in general. And, you know, so many states are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to have pushback. They're going to have questions. They're going to need answers. And, you know, that's why, you know, for, for you specifically with your, your educational background, you know, how important I'm sure education for cannabis must be so we can kind of avoid these hurdles that we're, we're constantly forced with. Well, what happened in 2012 proved that People even beyond Colorado and Washington were tired of the nonsensical debates and realized that time had overtaken them all and that they were no longer even worth an academic discussion. So they moved to legalization in a way of peremptorily sort of ending the discussion about what wasn't important. At the same time, they changed it to what was, because what was important was how do you make this a business that can thrive? How can you make this a business that not only doesn't hurt anybody, particularly our youth, but helps 
people, particularly our economy. You know, and the economy that is destined to be cannabis is one that's not to be scoffed, obviously. You know, it's going to be a powerhouse as far as what happens to, you know, not just the U.S., but the rest of the, the countries that have, you know, had legalization and prohibition across the board. You know, I want to I want to dive in a little bit real quick before we go to break. A bud and leaf. And you're uh, you're located over at 421. Lily Road in Olympia, Washington. How upset were you when you got 421 instead of 420? Not really <laughs> upset at all. It was a weird coincidence that drew as much attention almost as if we were 420 because there's been comments repeatedly and it's not going to stop everybody. Oh man, you were off by one. Oh man, you know, this, this is still cool. You missed, uh, missed it by one, you know, missed it, it by it, one. It, it, you know, it's it's a so it's a great, get a kick out of it. You know, it's one of my favorite numbers. I got to tell you. You know, even if it's four nineteen, I still get a chuckle. You know, we we got to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, state of cannabis, and we have none other than uh, Jim Sultan, uh, owner of a Button Leaf. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more state of cannabis only on cannabisradio.com. When we return, mjwellness.com the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Jim Sultan, owner of A Bud and Leaf. Now, you know, Jim, we, we talked a little bit about your trajectory. We, we talked about the unfortunate incidences that have happened in Ohio. You know, I'd, I'd like 
to digress for a quick moment. Now, abundantly, if you, you coined yourself as a mom and pop shop, and you know, looking at your website, uh, it's a it's a wonderful, beautiful website. You call yourself a cannabis concierge, and I love the the word itself, concierge. It's it's kind of an inviting word. It's not a pressure word. So. Tell us a little bit about how your shop looks. Tell us about the customers that you get in your shop. Tell us, uh, you know, about the mom and pop shop. In a word, our store looks like a house. And in fact, used to be before we built it out. So people come in and they are immediately struck by that feeling. This is kind of homey, they say, or this is really nice. It's got a fireplace. It's comfortable. Nice chairs. You know, every, everybody feels at ease. The other comment that comes to mind is forward-looking. Wouldn't it be great if this were a lounge and we could smoke in here? And so it has the feeling of what people really want to see happen in public and believe that at least I believe, that we will eventually get there. Right around the corner from us, I don't know whether many people are aware, it is the only public place in the state of Washington There's a restaurant where you can uh, use marijuana on a selected basis, a membership card basis, on the upper level, on the second floor. So we have the advantage of being in an area where... Not only are people not always on guard, but they're very comfortable with cannabis and see it as a part of life. You know, and that's where I want to be with cannabis. You know, I I can't wait until it's no longer unique. It's something that just resides in your cupboard, you know, right next to your coffee. And it's, you know, you can walk into someone's house and you may not personally use it, but you'll see it there and it won't be uh, the end of the world, you know, uh, the, the devil weed. It won't be anything negative or positive. It just simply will be. And I can't wait until it, it's that normal, that cannabis just is just a part of life for society. And it, and it's neither good nor bad. It just simply exists. But, uh, you know, if a person just sits there or, you know, chooses to, to utilize for, you know, recreational, it's not something that's frowned upon it. Now, I'm sure that, you know, for most people, they have a bit of stigma when they, when they get out of the, the cannabis closet, we like to call it. You know, I, I know that three, four years ago, I certainly wouldn't be doing a podcast talking about cannabis, uh, talking about cannabis, you know, my, my bosses, you know, um, I wouldn't be doing these things. And it's important that we now can, you know, we're more of a, a majority than a minority at this point with our cannabis use or, or at least with our cannabis acceptance. Tell me, what uh, are you doing locally in your community to help with, you know, cannabis education, possibly your clientele, and, and just continuing the, the softening of cannabis in general? Well, you're right that legalization doesn't automatically equilibrate to acceptance. And so it is still the cause for the eye roll. There is the skepticism. There's even the cynicism that people display when we first started for business. We had guys carrying signs on the sidewalk just to illustrate where we are because our store sits off the street quite a bit and letting folks know that we are here. The sign simply said, legal marijuana, 21 plus. And we get a lot of tooted horns and thumbs up as people drove by right on kind of reaction. And then we get on occasion the thumbs down or the other digit, <laughs> you know, it's 
a sort of reaction that's unfortunate, but not a big surprise. It's going to take a while before, no matter how much people say that it's no big deal, it really becomes not an issue. And I think as more and more states make it legal and the projected detriment never occurs, then people will be more comfortable. Right now, they're somewhere between not caring and still feeling this is a negative. That's you know, a very that's, small minority at this point, and it's growing smaller every time. And, you know, it's important to hear that, especially, you know, coming from, from the Emerald State, considering you were, uh, you know, Washington was uh, one of two, the first two states to legalize recreational use. It's important for people to realize that even once you have it, you know, if you enter into it the wrong way, it can still be taken away. You know, so it's it's important for us to always be responsible when we're imbibing. It's important for us to uh, share a real message rather than uh, misinformation, which is often the, the case of what you hear. You know, oh, this, this little candy's nothing. Just go ahead and take it. You know, it's important that we have these tools, these educational pieces put forth in front of the public. You know, we need to know, you know, dosing. We need to know what's in it. You know, it, does it have pesticides? Does it have fungicides? You know, getting these frameworks put together and then also getting that word out to everybody as soon as possible. I mean, we're, we're as far as I'm concerned, we're in the end game. Even, even with the, the blip that happened, that's Ohio. We still have high hopes for what's going to happen with them. But ultimately, you know, come 2016, we have a lot of initiatives on the books. You know, talking to Allison Holcomb, you know, as far as what uh, happened in 2012, what led up to 2012 and, and some of the fractured groups. Here in Arizona, we, we, uh, we experienced similar things. You know, we have currently seven initiatives on the, the docket waiting for signatures. And, uh, you know, that marginalizes everything when we don't have a cohesive, strong voice chorusing the same thing that we all must say. You know, it becomes scary. You know, we know that, uh, you know, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Washington, D.C., and Colorado all have recreational use. Uh, we know Alaska is still kind of shaky. They're, they're going to have more fight coming up that uh, they got to get uh, out of the way. Washington, D.C., uh, while they have it, they really don't have it. Washington State, it's a little bit stricter than Colorado or Oregon's, but it's still in the back of our minds that, you know, at any minute, you know, we could get a new president and he could say, nope, all of you states are wrong, you know. It's tenuous, and you know it's what I see often when we get into uh, states that have some kind of modicum of legalization, even decriminalization, is people acting as if they can and do and should do whatever they wish. Why can't I smoke out in public? And you know the fact is is that we're not running around drinking in public. Perhaps maybe if there's a permit and we have a special gathering for that, but we have to be uh, cognizant that not everybody wants to see that. You know. So it's important to, uh, at least from my perspective, that we, you know, act as if, you know, this is a normal thing and, and we must have certain uh, regulations and structures in place to make sure that everybody feels warm and fuzzy about cannabis. You know, we got we to gotta take a quick break. Apologize for the rambling there, folks. Uh, when we get back, we have Jim Sultan, uh, owner of A Bud and Leaf. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com, when we return. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. 
Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Jim Sultan. Definitely, I would call you the Sultan of Swing, owner of a Bud and Leaf, a legal recreational cannabis dispensary located at 421 Lily Road. You can also check them out on a budandleaf.com. Jim, obviously, you've, you've gone from uh, the East Coast to the left coast in your journey of life. Now you're uh, owner of a dispensary. Uh, are you going to Disneyland? Well, I think that's one way to look at it. I've lived in between, too, spent some time in the Midwest. I think that uh, many people look at this as Candyland and a different environment. I look at it as what's happening around the country right now. It's just out in the open here because it's legal, and I think it will eventually be legal. I joke with our, our our team a lot about which state is going to be the last one <laughs> to come along. Let me bring you back real quick here. So November 4th, I want to hear your prediction of who is going to be the last state to legalize cannabis. Well, you know, I think that <laughs> I, I think that my prediction is going to be as subjective as anybody else's and probably as unfair. But I, I tend to nominate my home state of South Carolina. South Carolina or Mississippi tend to run very slowly toward the finish line on these types of things. And now that South Carolina has taken down the stars and bars, they may prove me wrong on this as well. I would be thrilled. But uh, you have to look at some of these things, understanding that there's no real point in passing judgment on one side or the other. For me to look at those who are still prohibitionists 
with jaundice eye, and certainly for them to pin a scarlet letter on me is just wrong. So I won't indulge with that, but I think that the truth is the, is the light, and as we look at this, we see that all the predictions and all the harm that had been parroted without being looked into for years has now been debunked. And debunking that mythology was the big good fortune that came out of legalization so far. You know, we've discovered so many new truths, and, and it's almost as if weekly we're, we're hearing more and more of these new truths. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, if you consume cannabis while well, you have a broken uh, arm it, uh, or, you know, a broken bone, it grows back stronger and better than it was prior to the break. These things are, are nonsensical that we didn't know already. I mean, we would spend money testing sugar on mice just so they can figure out that, uh, you know, it acts the same way as cocaine on a brain. Why didn't we do that with cannabis all along? We've known about it. It's been there. We've known people have taken it. It's, you know, again, it's it's nonsensical, as you say. You know, I mean, there's no point that we've placed it uh, in this negative context for as long as we have. And, you know, quite frankly, having these wonderful, wonderful stores like yourself, a bud and leaf, a little mom and pop shop up in uh, Olympia, Washington. Love the address, 2421 Lily Road, Southeast. And interestingly enough, in Washington, every road is either north, south, east, west, northeast, southeast, southwest. It's almost as bad as Utah with the coordinates. It can get a little confusing when, you, when you're going down 114th uh, Street southwest, and then the next thing you know, you intersect 114th Street southeast. It, uh, <laughs> it can be a little confusing. <laughs> you know, we're about out of time, Jim. You know, I got to say, I, I, I love what you do. I absolutely want to emphasize that your particular trajectory is one that I really like to highlight because these unique trajectories are, are in fact, getting to be less and less unique. The, the people that are coming out of the canvas closet on a day-to-day -day basis are just these wonderful, beautiful spirits uh, like yourself. And I want to thank you for what you and your wife do. And I'd like you to please continue doing it. And, of course, uh, you folks, I'd like to uh, thank you for uh, visiting us on another edition of the State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.